Let the Children March by Monica Clark Robinson and illustrated by Frank Morrison. Civil Rights and the Children's Crusade. That's interesting. This is a story happened in 1963. It's on the first page. It says, On January 14th, Governor George Wallace makes his inauguration speech calling for segregation now, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. Segregation is when black kids and white kids have to learn in different schools. And... You know, just not learn together and be separated. The first organized, oh, on April 3rd, the first organized sit-ins take place in downtown lunch counters where they just say, I'm going to sit here. You say, I'm not allowed to, but I'm going to sit here. April 12th, Dr. Martin Luther King and other protesters are arrested after leading a nonviolent protest for demonstrating without a permit. May 2nd, D-Day, the Birmingham Children's Crusade begins. By the end of the day, 973 young marchers are jailed. They're being jailed because they want to stop segregation. May 3rd, double D-Day. More protesters are arrested, most of whom are under 18. Commissioner Bull Connor authorizes the use of high-pressure water hoses and police dogs to control the crowds. Close to 1,000 are arrested. May 4th to 9th, yeah, 1,000. Uh, protests escalate as more adults... Um, as, as more adults join the marches, the jails are at maximum capacity. No, with thousands of young people imprisoned. May 10th, Dr. King and other protest organizers reach an agreement with city leaders that begins the process of desegregation. That means allowing people to, you know, go to schools together. The Ku Klux Klan holds a rally. Do you know who those guys are? Ku Klux Klan? Dress in white, have little pointy white hats on top of their head, and are basically fighting for white supremacy. Anyway... It's a silly idea. The Ku Klux Klan holds a rally, and the home of A.D. King, Dr. King's brother, is bombed. They bombed his home. May 19, the school board expels many of the student demonstrators, but a federal judge overturns the expulsions just three days later. So in other words, there are some people trying to use the law against them, and then there are some people using the law to defend, defend them. So the story begins. Let the children march. Here it is. Let's see. 1963, oh, for the children and teens of Birmingham, Alabama, 1963. To my children who continue to honor our past and our ancestors with their tenacity, it means holding on, you know, against against hard, hardship, ambition, audacity, intelligence, charm, and whatever that word is, artistry, while becoming the best they can be and then some. So, 1963, Birmingham, Alabama. I couldn't play on the same playground as the white kids. I couldn't go to their schools. I couldn't drink from their water fountains. There were so many things I couldn't do. They, white only. Black kids could not drink from the same water fountains as white kids. Yeah. And if you go to that, that school, you can still see the holes in the wall. Or the signs that said whites only and Negroes only for the, uh, water fountains. They couldn't drink from each other's fountains. Yeah. So, I'll continue. One warm spring night, my family went to church. We weren't there to have regular services. We were there to hear Dr. King speak. We were there to plan. Martin Luther King, Jr. 
He wanted to raise an army of peaceful protesters to fight for freedom. His brown eyes flashing fire and love. Dr. King told us the time had come to march. Oh, she's, oh these, this thing she's holding is a fan. Because down in the South, they didn't have air conditioning in their churches, and people fanned themselves with these. If I march, Mama said, I'll lose my job, sure enough. I can't march, Daddy said. I got a family to feed. The weight of the world rested on our parents' shoulders. But this burden, this time, did not have to be theirs to bear. And I don't have a boss to fear, my brother said, or a job to lose. We can march this time. We'll be Dr. King's army, I said. I'll be fine, Daddy, I promised. Don't worry, Mama. Dr. King didn't like children being put in harm's way. He was a daddy, too, after all. But he said that though we were young, we were not too young to want our freedom. Let the children march. They will lead the way. Okay. On May 2nd, a sunny Thursday, boys and girls, brothers and sisters, cousins and friends, we all met at the church, dressed in our best, feet ready. In a silence so loud that all I could hear was my racing heart, we began to walk. Hand in hand, we marched, so frightened, yet certain of what, uh, of what was right for freedom. The path may be long and troubled, but I'm going to walk on. They had to march, basically, to, to let people know that they had a cause. They had, a, they had something that had to be fixed. Would I be hurt? Would I be heard? Would it all be worth it in the end? I wanted to run from the angry faces in the crowd, run from danger, run from fear. Sing the songs after we die. One thousand strong we came. Boys and girls, brothers and sisters, cousins and friends, on and on we marched, we marched, we marched. And their signs are saying things like think, better schools, things like that. Yep, okay, I'm trying to read. Hate dogged my heels all that day, its yellowed canine teeth sharp. But courage walked by my side and it kept me going. Not quite sure. The dog is from above. Yeah, okay. Pulling at, pulling at someone's pants, I think. Mm -hmm. Disperse or you'll be jailed, the police shouted. Oh, they're spraying water, water, uh, fire hoses. The uh, the, parts of dog. Yeah. So these are the water cannons, basically firing fire hoses. Really hard. Yeah. Disperse or you'll be jailed, the police shouted the first day. Disperse or you'll get wet, the police shouted the second day. Disperse or we'll release the dogs, the police shouted the third day. We did not disperse. We kept on marching. We wouldn't stop until things started to change. After I was sprayed by water stronger than anything I've ever felt, Rough hands pushed me forward, and I fell to my knees in the police wagon. I was going to jail. Dr. King reassured our parents. Don't worry about your children, he said. They're going to be all right. Don't hold them back if they want to go to jail. They are doing a job for not only themselves, but for all of America and for all mankind. Okay. I'm trouble reading through my glasses. That night, crowded into a cell, too small for even half of the kids, we sang, We Shall Overcome. You know that one? We shall overcome. Yep. 
Ain't going to let nobody turn me around. I don't know that one. And freedom is coming. Our parents couldn't be there with us, but still we sang. Wrapped in the proud and loving arms of our ancestors. Hey, excuse me. I was still in jail, but we heard that the, that the next day and the next, more kids marched. The water hoses they used to sting us could not stop our fierce tide. And some of these people, they just don't understand. The path may be long and troubled, but I'm going to walk on. Yep. Yeah, she's crying. Okay, let me just take these off. Turn the other cheek, we had been taught. Show love where there is hate. The world watched us, watched as hate bruised us, but for seven days we walked only in love. The jail swelled to bursting, and even President Kennedy, Kennedy took notice. That was the president at the time. Daddy said the president received letters and calls about us from all over the world. Our march would become a memory, a small part of a larger story. But we had been heard, and the seeds of revolution were sown. Two days and nights I stayed in the jail. Two days for a kid. Some stayed even longer. When I left, I was tired and sore, and my best dress was ripped. But my smile was as wide as the Mississippi River. I had made a difference. I'm so proud of you, baby girl, Mama said. Your march was what made them see. With nothing more than our feet, voices, and courage, we had done what others could not. Change was right around the corner. We felt it like a cool breeze in an Alabama August. On May 10th, the great news rang out. Dr. King had reached an agreement with the white leaders of the city. Desegregation would begin. What does desegregation mean? Well, to, to segregate means to separate, to, to, put, to take people who could live together and just keep them apart. To separate, to so segregate. You can't live here because I don't want you. Playing with my children. Yeah, playing with my children or and something like that. Yeah. Desegregation means bringing people together so that people can see that we're all the same. And they can go to school at the same place. So you can learn, mm -hmm. you know, that. Have the same opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. But George Wallace uh, was a governor of Alabama and he was. I know. Okay. And, and so were you. And, uh, but, yeah. George Wallace had basically tried to make it so that the, that segregation continued. That had been the way they'd been doing it for years. And he was trying to protect it, to protect the, the idea that whites should not be taught with black kids. Pretty silly. One month later, I was playing on a playground I'd never been allowed to play on before. Two months later, my family ate at a dinner we'd never been allowed to eat at a diner. I mean, we'd never been allowed to eat in before. Our march made the difference. We children led the way. Singing the songs of freedom, 1,000 strong we came. And this is the story afterwards. Not part of the story, but that was it. The water cannon. Yep. Those are really super hard. So it's not just getting wet like when you get in the shower. Okay. It's those are fire hoses, so it's it's really really strong water being pushed out of there. Yeah. Well, it's the the water's the same. It's the Look force coming out. And that's it. Look at Did you this. Push the yeah. Button?